0: Today we're going to be reading from Luke, but from a different chapter than you may be thinking. Normally the Christmas story we'd read from Luke chapter 2, which is a really good one. I don't mean to say that, but we're going to read a little bit later in the story today and, and see the full circle of what Christmas is really all about. We're going to be looking in the 24th chapter of Luke today at verses 45 through 48 as we celebrate together this morning the wonderful, joyous time that Christmas truly is. Like a lot of families... The Weatherford household has some Christmas traditions. I I know that you do as well. You probably got up this morning and and went through some of those uh, Christmas traditions today. Now, our girls have grown up, so this isn't quite the same. We're we're in a a period of transition in our our traditions as we're kind of figuring those out as as we go along. But but one of our Christmas traditions still holds true. Somebody has to get up early and, and turn on the Christmas lights. So that everybody else can, can get up and, and, and walk into the living room and see all the beautiful uh, lights uh, lit. But, but nobody really wants to get up early these days as we've gotten older. That's a little bit, you know, when we were younger that was a little easier to do. But, but now that's a little bit of a, of a challenge. But they made these wonderful inventions. Timers. Oh, they're great. You just set them the night before and then they do it all for you. And the lights come on and then you're ready to go without having to do anything at all. Lights have long been a wonderful part of the Christmas season. Uh, We use them to illustrate a number of important events surrounding this season. But most importantly, that the light has come in Jesus Christ. We also talk about sharing that light, uh, and we want to share the light of Christ with our world. We just sang about that in one of the hymns that we sang, to go tell it on the mountain, to let the world know who uh, Jesus is. Now, now in cartoons, they often, when, when one of the characters has an idea, a light bulb appears over the top of their head. When, when all of a sudden they get it, they understand what's, what's happening. If they had had cartoons in the New Testament day and they were drawing a picture of the disciples at this particular moment that's described in Luke chapter 24, they would have drawn light bulbs over each of their heads because all of a sudden they got it. They understood what Christmas was all about, what everything that Jesus had been showing them and teaching them was all about, why he had to go to the cross, why he'd been resurrected all of a sudden. It made sense. And this morning, very quickly, I hope it makes sense to you as well. As we read here from Luke chapter 24, verse 45. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. This morning, I hope for all of us, as we're gathered here today to celebrate this Christmas morning, that we can turn on the light. (laughs) See the reason why we celebrate. Now, I realize for those of us who grew up in, in, in church, Uh, That sounds kind of obvious. In fact, as we read this passage, we might be thinking, how did the disciples not see this earlier? How did they miss this for so long? Why couldn't they see that the resurrection was where all this was headed? Well, for one thing, it had never happened before. Now think about it. As children... We've all had those funerals for our goldfish at the porcelain cemetery and had our moms and dads tell us that that little fishy was not coming back. And as adults, we face those sad occasions when we've said our last earthly goodbyes to those we love. We, We know what death means. The disciples did too. Death was a horrifying part of their world, just like it is of ours. And no one ever came back from that. So when Jesus did, it came as a shock, as a complete surprise. But now he opens their minds. He helps them to see that the scripture had been pointing to his resurrection all along. That, that word for opened, it, it's a word that literally describes the swinging open of a door. Jesus allowed the disciples to finally understand what the scriptures had been describing, what the prophets had been talking about. Now it all made sense, like that wonderful prophecy of Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed suddenly it made sense. Jesus had been teaching that to His disciples through their entire discipleship. Matthew chapter 16 verse 21 records these words from that time on Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders chief priests and teachers of the law and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life Jesus had been teaching the disciples this very thing that that's what he came to do he came to die on the cross just as Isaiah had prophesied the Messiah would do he came to take our suffering our pain our punishment upon on himself, just as the prophets had said that the Messiah would do. And now suddenly with the resurrected Lord sitting there in front of them, the disciples, the light came on. They understood what this meant. When everything comes together, it's a really cool thing. <laughs> like Christmas cookies. Yesterday my family we, we we made Christmas cookies. You know the, the the real thing, the cut out Christmas cookies, and then you decorate them. And yes, they even made me decorate some. And I ate them really fast so that nobody would see what they look like. But but think about it for a minute. When you're making cookies, as you put the ingredients in, it doesn't really make sense. I mean, flour. Have you ever tasted flour? That stuff is awful. Now, I tasted some one time when I was, I guess, 10 or so. I snuck in and got a spoonful. Oh, it was, it's awful tasting stuff by itself. For that ingredient that goes into cookies and cakes and, and waffles, flour is some nasty tasting stuff. And eggs. Have you ever felt anything quite as slimy as an egg out of its shell? It's awful. Terrible stuff. Vanilla unbelievably bitter. But when you mix all of that together, cook it for 8 to 10 minutes in a properly heated oven, now you're talking. (laughs) Fresh baked Christmas cookies are worth the wait for the disciples. For so long, the pieces just didn't fit. The ingredients just didn't make sense. They'd left everything to follow Jesus, only to see this one that they thought was the Messiah die a criminal's death. That didn't make sense. They saw the things that He did. They heard the teachings. But nothing seemed to fit together when they watched Him die. And then they saw Him resurrected. And suddenly all the things they had seen and heard came together. This was the risen Savior. Amen. It changed everything for them and it changes everything for us today. See, on Christmas we're not just celebrating a nice story, uh, a good time to, to be nice to other people. Those are all nice things to do, but, but this day is about so much more. We celebrate the fact that God sent His Son into our world. That He came to live amongst us. To walk where we walk. To see what we see. To feel what we feel. And to die a death for us. And then rise again. That we might have life in Him. When we understand that, it changes us. You see, so many people reject Jesus because they don't really know what the Scripture actually says. They don't really know who Jesus is. Because when you do, when you recognize what He's done, you can't ignore it. When you see what Christmas really means, when you see that Christ came into our world to defeat death, when you see the resurrection from Genesis to Revelation described as exactly what we're celebrating today, it leads to a a transformation. It's a necessary reaction. Something your friends and neighbors and co workers and schoolmates desperately need. They need somebody in their life to celebrate the risen Savior. Jesus didn't open the minds of the disciples to the Scripture just so they would know. This wasn't just to satisfy their curiosity. Or so that they could go to the temple and brag that they knew something the priests didn't know. No, No, Jesus opened their minds to what the Scripture truly said for a very specific reason. It's there in verse 48. You are witnesses to these things. Jesus brings everything together for the disciples. They finally understand what His birth was about, what His ministry was about, what the cross was about, what the resurrection was about. And now the reason why Jesus had opened their mind to all of that becomes clear. Because they were to be witnesses of all these things. Folks, that's the plan. Jesus gave His disciples... One job to be witnesses of these things. To tell what they knew. The the resurrection wasn't just for them. It was for the world. The resurrection wasn't a secret. It was something they were called to share. And share they did. The disciples take the message of Christ and starting there in Jerusalem, they begin to share. And the book of Acts records the explosive growth of the church as they followed this simple plan. They were witnesses of these things. It didn't stop in the New Testament. Every organization knows how important job descriptions are. Every employee needs to understand what they're supposed to do. Or you can guarantee they're not going to do it. So most organizations have an organizational chart and then they also provide a written job description of exactly what every job is supposed to do. And the idea is that everybody knows their responsibility, so they know what to do. And and every job is important. Every job is significant. If somebody doesn't do their job, it it means something's not going to get done that needs to get done. The problem is (laughs) If you've ever actually read some of those job descriptions, it can be a little vague on exactly what it is you're supposed to do. You know that little line, other duties as assigned. You never know what that one's going to mean. So the Reader's Digest came to our rescue. You know, the little magazine that kind of makes everything a little more concise, a little bit easier to, to understand. Uh, they they recently printed some some. Pared down job descriptions. You know, some job descriptions that, that you can get a handle on. You know what you're supposed to do if you have this job. You don't have four pages of, of stuff. Just one sentence. So, so here, here's some of them. For a security guard. This is the Reader's Digest version job description of a security guard. Run away and call the police. I like that. That's, I understand. I know what that is. See something bad? Go call the police. I got that. This is for a university professor. I knew some like this. Talk in other people's sleep. I've been in some classes like that. I know what that's like. And not just to make sure the professor knows what they do. The student also needs a job description. Here's the student job description. Copy and paste things from the Internet. Yeah, I think that's probably what a lot of students do, unfortunately. And then, then one of my, fa- my favorites, this is a little bit longer, but, you know, it, it's for a consultant. And, and they're a very important job when you have a consultant come in and, you know, do your thing. this is the description of a, of a consultant. To show up, even though nobody called me, to get paid for an answer they already knew to a question they never asked. I've had some consultants in my life I like that. It's helpful to know what you're supposed to do. Jesus made it really simple for us. We are his disciples. This is our job description. Verse 48, you are witnesses of these things. That's it. That's what we're supposed to do. Now, Satan would love for us to get busy in a whole bunch of other things so that we don't have time to do that one thing that is what we're supposed to do. You are witnesses of these things. It's easy to get off track and to to focus on everything else except the one thing we're supposed to do. You are witnesses of these things. Christmas changes that for us. The resurrection changes that for us. The fact that Jesus came into our world to save us. And He is alive right now. Today. <laughs> that makes all the difference. That's a story we have to tell. From the mountain to the valley and everywhere in between. You are witnesses of these things. Heavenly Father, on this day when we celebrate your extraordinary gift, help us to get our job description right. It's so easy to get off track, off focus. We live in a busy world. There's all kinds of things going on. And it's so easy to forget this one purpose that you gave us, that we're to be witnesses of these things. And today that's kind of easy. Heavenly Father, as we go through our day today, we're going to tell a lot of people Merry Christmas. And we're going to rejoice in the birth of the Savior. God help it to be that easy every day. That we might share with every person we know the joy and peace you have placed in our life through Jesus. For it is in his name we pray. Amen.